welcome to Domestic Chaos. I'm Burr Beard. This week, a new NBC poll finds threats to democracy overtaking the cost of living as voters' top issue facing the country for midterm elections. Hmm, threats to democracy. The goal of far-right conspiracy theorists, automatic weapon toters, deniers of climate crisis, election deniers, and those who push cancellation of black history in schools and banning of classic books, freedom of choice, and all-out brainwashed Trump wannabes will not quit until they dismantle American democracy, the Democratic Party, and establish a white nationalist Trump monarchy. This is not just some radical fringe. The January 6th insurrection has now become the mainstream Republican Party. As FBI and congressional attacks on Trump increase, support for Trump increases. They voted Liz Cheney out of Wyoming, and what we hear is defund the FBI, and next we'll see them raise a Trump militia to wage civil war. NPR reports that the January 6th committee has been uncovering what led up to the insurrection, but just beneath the surface is a central cause of the riot, racism and the fear of losing white power. That's what these people are afraid of, and it's building to a fever pitch. All we can do now is get out the vote in November and defeat these democracy killers running for Senate, House, governors, school board members, and the rest. Will you vote? and then banish Trump over the next two years? Are the stakes not high enough? Will we end up with two nations in the U.S., blue states, red states? Elise Jordan of MSNBC says it's no longer the Republican Party, it's the Trump Party. Sensitive election system files obtained by attorneys working to overturn Trump's 2020 defeat were shared with election deniers, conspiracy theorists, and right-wing commentators according to records reviewed by the Washington Post. A Georgia computer forensics firm placed the files on a server where company records show they were downloaded dozens of times. Among the downloaders were accounts associated with, get this, a Texas meteorologist who has appeared on Sean Hannity's radio show, a podcaster who suggested political enemies should be executed, a former pro-surfer who pushed disproven theories that the 2020 election was manipulated, and a self-described former seduction and pickup coach who claims to also have been a hacker. The former Fox News editor who left the right-wing media giant after basically he got fed up with the place claimed this week that viewers have been deceived over the years. Little news here, but it needs to be said. Chris Steyerwalt joined CNN tonight in January 2021 because the Fox decision desk called Arizona for Joe Biden on election night 2020. Viewers barraged him with outrageous complaints. Steyerwalt this week called Fox viewers flattered and coddled. Now it's good to see real journalism seeking the truth prevail. Six days after major news Organizations declared Donald Trump the loser of the 2020 presidential election. His allies were applying a desperate full-court press in an effort to turn his defeat around, particularly in Georgia. This from the New York Times. 
Pro-Trump lawyer Sidney Powell went on television claiming there was abundant evidence of foreign election meddling that never ultimately materialized. Another lawyer, Lynn Wood, filed a lawsuit seeking to block the certification of Georgia's election results. On that same day, November 13, 2020, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, one of Trump's most ardent supporters, made a phone call that left Brad Raffensperger, Georgia's Republican Secretary of State, immediately alarmed. Graham, he said, had asked if there was a legal way using the state courts to toss out all mail-in votes from counties with high rates of questionable signatures. The call would eventually trigger an ethics complaint, demands from the left for Graham's resignation, and a legal drama that's only culminating now, two years later, as a veteran lawmaker fights to avoid testifying before an Atlanta special grand jury that is investigating election interference by Trump and his supporters. Graham has put together a high-powered legal team, which includes Don McGahn, White House counsel under Trump, while Graham's lawyers say that they've been told that he is only a witness, not a target of investigation. That could change as new evidence arises in the case, which is led by Fannie Willis, district attorney of Fulton County, Georgia. On Sunday, the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals temporarily blocked Graham from testifying and directed a lower court to determine whether he was entitled to a modification of the subpoena based on constitutional protections afforded to members of Congress. After that, the appeals court said it will take up the issue for further consideration. The matter is now back before Lee Martin May, a U.S. District Court judge who already rejected Graham's attempt to entirely avoid testifying. She asked the sides to wrap up their latest rounds of legal filings by next Wednesday. It seems increasingly likely that Graham will testify next month. As current and former students nationwide begin to digest what the plan might mean for them, President Biden's school loan relief plan, some welcome the relief, others criticize it as unfair. Politicians across the spectrum wrestled with the likely impact of a decision that had been vigorously debated within the White House. Republicans bemoan the fact that this plan benefits college graduates and not working-class workers who have to fit the bill. White House officials asserted that Biden would benefit from delivering on a campaign promise that helps middle-class Americans but were scrambling to navigate the politics heading into the November midterm elections. So I went back to grad school at 65 and took out a DOE loan. I only have seen a few hundred dollars taken off the principal of that loan so far, so I'm glad to take advantage of this if possible. 69 now, I wonder how many Trump so-called anti-socialists are happily collecting Social Security at 69 right now. Another Democratic plan beginning in 1934 when President Franklin Roosevelt signed it into law. This week, President Biden came out for a couple of stump speeches and rallied against MAGA Republicans, saying, You defeated Trump to make him a former president. Now you need to literally vote to save democracy again. And that, it's not just Trump and the MAGA philosophy that underpins the, well, I'm going to say something, he said, it's like semi-fascism. Well, now for the local beat. John Fetterman says that Mitch McConnell's state leadership pack pumped $34 million this week into Dr. Oz for ads against Fetterman. 
He says it's the single largest sum of money ever spent by one outside group against a Democrat in Pennsylvania history. Well, I'm scarecrow's brain. Why, anybody can have a brain? That's a very mediocre commodity. Every... The new Oz Pack draws from the old Bush Republican Dirty Tricks book and the 1980s Willie Horton ad. Fetterman is shown to let criminals out of jail in the new ad and send immigrants to sanctuary cities instead of turning them back to where the hell they came from. The Willie Horton ad was racist back then, misunderstanding of the furlough process, but it destroyed Dukakis in 1988. And Oz continued his disrespect towards John Fetterman. Ever notice how your Republican friends make fun of Joe Biden for his age and perhaps a lingering stutter? Remember Trump making fun of the crippled reporter in 2016? Oz picked up on his Wegner's vegetable tray gaffe recently by saying if Fetterman would eat his vegetables, he wouldn't have suffered a heart attack. CNN said another ad in the guise of Willie Horton came from Trump in the 2018 midterm campaign featuring Luis Racamontes, a Mexican man who had previously been deported but returned to the U.S. and then later convicted in the slaying of two California deputies. I'm going to kill more cops soon, a grinning Bacamontes is shown saying in court as captions flash across the screen reading, Democrats let him into our country, Democrats let him stay, playing on racism and fear once again from the Trump playbook. The FBI subpoenaed several PA Republicans this week, Scott Perry was on the block to find out about his efforts to seek alternate electors in the 2020 presidential election to allow Trump to stay in office. Six state figures were told they were not the subject of an FBI search, but were told they might have information of interest to the FBI. Finally, have you seen the ShapiroForGovernor.com billboards around the mid-state? One shows the Democratic candidate and the words, Do you thumbs up higher inflation? You'll heart Josh Shapiro. ShapiroForGovernor.com And when you go to the website, you see it's paid for by the Pennsylvania Commonwealth Leaders Fund and includes this so-called myth versus fact statement. Claim. Want kids to have a great education. Fact. Backed by teachers' union that fight against expanding educational opportunity. Source PA campaign finance reports. Fact. Defended Wolf's closing of schools. Yes, during the height of the COVID epidemic. And speaking of inflation, the AP reports this morning that inflation eased in July and consumer prices just rose 6.3%, down from 6.8% in June. You know, I heard from a friend that PA Democrats helped fund the Mastriano primary campaign so he would win and prove an easier target for Shapiro. Here's hoping that doesn't backfire. And remember, there's still time to register to vote for November's midterm elections. Women are registering in record numbers. And that's Domestic Chaos for this week. The show is produced by Burr and Julie Beard. Music by yours truly and Devilish Mary. See you next week. Same time, same station.